Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 203 of Glasgow is Green, aka Gigpod, everybody's favourite Celtic podcast. So I'm your host for this week's episode, Regional, and I'm going to be talking about our fairly entertaining 3-1 win over St. Johnson yesterday, which was a game of two halves, as the old cliche goes. And joining me on this week's episode is Dan. How you doing, Dan? I'm not too bad, John. Not too bad. Uh, a long working day out the road there. True working class heroes that we are, we're still uh, cracking on with the podcast, giving the listeners more and more wonderful gig pod content, but no, it's always good to, to chat with yourself, mate, so happy to be here, albeit virtually. <laughs> right, so the game yesterday, I think we only need to cover the first half in one word, shite. It really was embarrassingly bad, one of our worst performances. I can remember the domestic game for a long time and apparently Brendan agreed because he was apparently fuming at half time. I think the only really thing we need to talk about in the first half is the goal. That was such a terrible goal to give away. I've seen some people saying it was a free kick but I don't think it was. I think it was just mistakes by the usual suspects, Hart and Taylor and they got their cell on a tankle and St. Johnson scored. For me it wasn't a foul. Do you agree with that? I agree completely, yeah. I thought, um, as usual, we've been bullied and not defended a set-piece as well as we should do. Um, it's happened time and time again. Same with the attacking set-pieces, particularly in the, the bigger games. I know it's a point that we've all talked about previously on this podcast, is that we don't utilise attacking set-pieces well enough. We don't defend defensive set-pieces anywhere near well enough either. As you say, there is the usual suspects. Obviously, we'll get on to that big, big save he makes in the second half, but Joe Hart, Failing to command his six-yard box, not for the first time, and obviously players not tracking their man, just getting bullied and, and um, physically overpowered by the opposition, which should not be happening. So, um, no, it really did just sum up that half for us there. Obviously, then you know Brendan gets the boys in at half time, makes the point that it was probably the angriest that he's been certainly up there throughout his managerial career, and fair enough. To be honest, because I thought that first half was absolutely dire. We're not going to talk about it or, or touch on it too much beyond obviously the goal, but it really did just sum up how poor we were in that first half. 
Yeah, it was absolutely terrible. And so Brendan made a change at half time. He took off Yang, who really was poor. I don't want to criticise him that much because I mean, I feel sorry for him. He's just a young player getting thrown into the, the Celtic team, the newest stuttering Celtic team. So he got replaced at half time by Mikey Johnson, who's like magically appeared back in the, the squad for the last couple of weeks. And then we made another sub after 58 minutes. David Tumble, who unsurprisingly didn't contribute a lot, he didn't like score. A goal for like 30 yards this time, or apparently, so he didn't do much. He was replaced by O. And O really made a big impact. I mean, I know people were saying Mikey Johnson played well, but really O did well for me, especially when he played a part in two of the goals. And he was involved in the first goal where he had a, he had a back heel that was sort of cleared. It was a sort of semi-save by Mitov, the St. Johnson goalkeeper, who seems to be always good against us for some reason, I don't know why. And the ball broke to Carl McGregor, who had been very poor up to this point, and he smashed the ball into the back of the net to get his in level terms. And his celebration was interesting because he was like shouting and roaring in the fans, like "Come on, come on!" And I, I mean, after the game, he says that Brendan was going ballistic at the players at halftime, and that's unlike Brendan. But it really was something McGregor. I mean, for about sixty minutes onwards, he really controlled the game. And I thought it was an excellent goal. It was just reminding me a bit of his goal against Aberdeen uh, last Christmas. Sounds like a song there. And uh, it was a good goal, but really, we need a lot more of that for McGregor. I mean, I, I don't know if... I don't know how we're going to get the best of him, because I, I think we should evolve, involve a water more, because I don't think he's evolved enough. But we need a lot more of that for McGregor, because recent in recent games, I think he's been poor. But I thought that was one of his best goals for Celtic. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought he was an absolute mile off it, like yourself, in the first hour or so. He was frustrating the, the life out of me, to be honest, John. But ultimately, that is what the, the captain should do, is come up with big goals and big contributions and big moments when both he and the team aren't playing well. And credit to them, it was a, a great strike. I know he's had a, a few volleys recently. I think of the one for Scotland, for example, that won that penalty and... One or two other efforts that it was inevitable, I suppose, sooner or later that one would end up in the back of the net, given how often he's been trying that recently. And obviously, as I said, there it was a, a big goal for us at a big moment. And uh, justifiably, though, I think you and I were both very annoyed at his contribution up to that point. But to be fair, after that goal, both he and the team obviously really kicked on and, and went on to win the game fairly comfortably in the end. We needed that. It was a big goal. Because we hadn't really created that many chances. We had that one in the first minute when Kyogo put over the bar. Then, like, McGregor had actually put a great through ball to Kyogo a couple of minutes before he scored. And the goalie came out and, like, made a save really quickly. I think Kyogo maybe could have done better by trying to lift it over the goal. Mitov didn't give him a lot of time. So that made it one each, at least. And then the goal that put us ahead is one of the best goals we've scored this season. It was it was a goal that good old Ange, mind him, the guy that played great football when he was a manager, he'd have been proud of that. I mean, it was a great team move. There was a lot of players involved. The ball ended up getting laid off to Matt O'Reilly, who was about 30 yards out. And I, just before he scored, I actually texted our dear leader and said, O'Reilly's been poor today because he hadn't really done much at all. But he stepped up and just smashed the ball into the back of the net for about 30 yards out. And it was a brilliant, brilliant goal. And I think after that goal, Kyogo and Mitov got booked for no real reason. That was an odd one. But no, that that really, I think, might be Celtic's goal of the season. And I think O'Reilly needed that. Because, I mean, obviously he's been great for us this season. But he wasn't really very good against Motherwell. He didn't have the best game in midweek, but then nobody did. But that was much more like it for him. And I'm sure he'll take massive confidence for it. And I think that's the best goal we've scored this season. It was, it was a great goal. And do you agree with me that... 
it's a goal that good old Ange would have been proud to score for one of his teams for Tottenham in fact down in the good old Premier John of course yeah like, it, it was an outstanding goal um, obviously in his first spell good old Brendan we had that amazing team goal up at St Johnson and a victory not quite as many passes obviously on this occasion it was a bit more direct but a, a brilliant team move you know that's the one thing we've talked about in recent weeks and Rogers has talked about in recent weeks is you need to have that speed and to play quick and we certainly did on that occasion and then Matt O'Reilly as you say hadn't had a brilliant game up to that point but steps up and the trajectory of the ball was very interesting as well because he really did just arrow it in it didn't really curve away for the goalkeeper anything like that at all he just struck it with so much power it was a really straight direct hit thoroughly deserved given the way that um, we really took a hold of the game in the uh, in the second half yeah we really dominated from just before McGregor's goal onwards and we practically dominated the rest of the game until injury time now there was five minutes in injury time which seemed pretty fair but then we sort of went into slight panic mode it wasn't as bad as the game against Motherwell where we went into complete panic mode and we somehow managed to give St. Johnson a great chance right at the very end of the game. We gave the guy in the wing far too much time. Alistair Johnson didn't stop the cross. And it was a header. Now, I thought the header was by Stevie May, with a typical Stevie May header. But I think the replay showed that it was actually Turner Cook, one of the Russells with a header. And Joe Hart made the save. It was a pretty good save, but it is one you would expect the goalkeeper to make. But then it allowed us to break and owed on well. On the, in the middle of the park, right on halfway lane, winning the ball. He got it out to Iwata, who'd come on, and his pass put through James Forrest, who was clean through, one-on-one, one, and he scored his second goal of the season. But Joe Hart, I think for a lot of, for maybe some people, has made up for his uh, earlier error in the game, but no, for me, I mean, I think it was a decent save, but it was one that I would have expected most goalkeepers to make, and I think the alarming thing was that towards the end of their game that we were winning, we saw him in a, a panic mode again. Yeah, no, it was a big, big save at a, a crucial moment in the game. But as you say, that is a save you would expect him to make. Certainly a, a Celtic goalkeeper or any goalkeeper of a certain level, um, you would expect them to make that save. I think it's obviously an important time in the game. So it does deserve credit. I don't know if it does make up fully, to be honest, for the earlier error and the other points this season where it has shown to be a, a bit of a weakness, not just in Europe, but I think domestically, as I mentioned earlier on with set pieces, I don't think he's anywhere near commanding enough. But like, I'll let it slide because it was a big save at a big moment. But notwithstanding that, I think we need to, to definitely look at that area in January, albeit Brendan Rodgers' comments after the game yesterday seem to indicate that he's not too fussed about the goalkeeping situation at the moment. But I'm sure that's something we'll discuss on here in a bit more depth closer to January. Again, very good break. I know St John's has sort of thrown everyone forward at that stage of the game there but as you say O and Awata um, combined very well James Forrest is then obviously there to pick up the pieces and finish off fair play to him obviously coming off the bench and, and making a contribution I've no problem with that I know he was criticised in midweek or maybe not him necessarily as, a, as an individual but more so the image if you like that we're still persisting with someone like that at Champions League level in 2023 but domestically in these games particularly against tired legs he can still obviously contribute with goals and assists particularly as I say later on in games and credit to him it was a good finish I think the most credit needs to go to Awata who I know Stevie our dear leader has been pushing for on this podcast to start on a more regular basis for a good while now I think he has to start 
in midweek against Hibs. I know Turnbull played at the weekend. Bernardo and Holm have had opportunities. I just think that Awata is the, the obvious call to have in that midfield alongside McGregor and O'Reilly on Wednesday night. And going forward, far more of a, a finished article than either Bernardo or Holm. And I just think what he gives you all round, albeit not that same goal threat that Turnbull gives you, but I think he just has more quality. I think he's just better and more comfortable, quicker as well on the ball. And that is a big thing in these games, is having speed in your play um, when you're playing against these low blocks and teams that like to sit deep. So, no, a really good contribution again from him. And as I say, I, I would be stunned if he doesn't start on Wednesday night. Rogers sort of alluded to it today in his presser that he would get opportunities. So, fingers crossed that's on, uh, on Wednesday night. Yeah, and before we talk about Wednesday, I just want to mention uh, Brendan's quotes after the game. He said, Don't make me ever feel I have to get to that level. My teams will normally be front foot, demanding and constant, but that's not acceptable. No matter what success they have had over the last couple of years, there is a demand that this club to continually succeed. Yes, we're missing players and dynamic players, but in the second half, you can see the levels to get to. It's comfort. It's the biggest pitfall in succeeding. That you become timid and lose your aggression. It's easily done, but it's my job to guard against it. It was just nowhere near that level. And that really is sort of refreshing in a way. If, but it shouldn't really be coming to that, that the team are so sort of lackadaisical and in the comfort zone that they just turn up like they did in the first half because that's eventually going to come back to hotness. In fact, it has against Johnson already this season, against Hibs in the Cup, against Kamarnup, against Motherwell. But, but I think it's partly Brendan's fault as well because the team isn't playing good football. They played well for half an hour yesterday, and I mean, look what happened. So, I mean, it's up to it's up to him and the players. I mean, obviously, we won't go into the board and the absolute mess I made in the transfer window, because we can talk more about that in the weeks to come. But I think it's Brendan and the players. I don't know, something doesn't really seem right. It's like every game there is a tightrope, and I think it's going to be like that the rest of this month. I mean, I know Dyson's may be back soon, and... Abadas may be back soon as well, but I think Dyson will be back first, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. But we have got the players to play so much better than we are. And really, every game shouldn't really feel like a, a tightrope where you don't know what Celtic's going to turn up. But that's just the way it is now. Well, I think you can at least make the case that the St. Johnston game earlier on this season, we were unlucky not to win. I think Mitov played an absolute blinder that day. He had a couple of very good saves yesterday as well. And if Matt O'Reilly takes one of the half a dozen chances that he did have in that game, particularly the ones in the first half, you could go on to win that game relatively comfortably. Motherwell the other week was a big red flag, if you like, for me, and that we were just so, so slow. I know I've said it time and time again, and Rogers has said it time and time again this season as well, is about having that speed and that quickness and you're playing we totally lacked that against Motherwell the other week it was the exact same in the first half yesterday as well and it is a real concern but as Roger said albeit I think he can be criticised tactically or for the way he set us up in certain games and the football hasn't been good enough but at the same time you do have to question the the mentality particularly in that first half yesterday as he said it was players just being far too comfortable players just wanting a an easy day. You know, the approach in that first half, I know we've kind of glossed over it a little bit, but it was basically just, oh, they're going to stick 10 men behind the ball, playing this this low block, give the ball to Turnbull and let him shoot, or give the ball to Palmer, he'll maybe beat his full back and get a cross in, or get a shot off. And it's far too predictable. So I do think Rodgers needs to take some of the blame there for how predictable we have been in our approach. 
and how ineffective that has been as well. But equally, without sounding arrogant, the players that we have, with the ability that they have, they should be able to go out and win these games on their own without needing to rely on the manager or to be set up in a certain way. They should have the quality to break these teams down. You saw it obviously in the second half yesterday with the quality of some of the goals that we scored there. Albeit with the second and the third, once the game had got a little bit more open. But um, no, it's been very frustrating. And I think all season, bar one or two, not even full 90 minutes, but 45 or 60 minutes, a half hour here and there, it has been a very, very poor watch. It's a bit of a mess all round at the minute, to be honest. But you can only hope that um, the word that he had with him at half time yesterday has concentrated a few minds, John, and we don't see similar on Wednesday. Yeah, but that's what we're going to talk about now before we go. We've got Hibs at Celtic Park on Wednesday night. Interestingly enough, the game isn't sold out. There's lots of tickets available, not just on a Twitter, sorry, X Celtic Spell sites, but on Celtic's website, there's plenty of tickets for sale. I don't know if that says a lot about how the team's playing, or maybe people understandably don't want to go out in the freezing Glasgow weather. The game on Wednesday is going to be Difficult because Hibs are in decent form, unbeaten in their last six in the league. They've won the last three games, they've beat Kelly, Dundee, they beat Aberdeen 2 nothing at the weekend. Of course, we drew them nothing each in a game which thankfully I didn't see a single second of, but our dear leader said is one of the worst games ever. And I think that's going to be a difficult game again. They they seem to have finally hit a bit of, a bit of form and seem to be in a bit of a stride. I think it's the last three or the last four games now domestically that Hibs have, have won a row under... Nick Montgomery so it seems as though there was some method to his initial early madness um, where they were dropping points all over the place and generally just not being great it seems to obviously be paying dividends but I mean we'll see how that approach stands up to real quality and provided as I say we have that aggression and that speed you know I think we can still really test them and the players at the back for them equally it will still be a difficult game I mean I know our, our record at Easter Road isn't particularly great although we do tend to to win these home games against Hibs but they are still one of the better sides in this league albeit they've had those early season struggles and they're on their second manager of the season but as I say, they seem to be hitting a bit of form now, obviously, right before they play us. But as I said there, I just hope that that second half performance on Sunday and the harsh words that we had at half time have really focused the players and they can go out there and get the result. Right, and what's your shoot prediction for the game? Well, look, you have to be a bit brave, I think, this season to make a, a shoot prediction for Celtic because we really don't know what team's going to turn up. But I like to be a glass half full, John. I like to have a, a nice positive mindset. And as I said there, I, I'd like to think that Brendan has concentrated a few minds off the back of the weekend there. So I'm going to go with 2-0 to Celtic. And I'll go for 2-1. Uh, another nerve game, but we get the three points. So it's a, a shorter episode this week due to technical issues and all that. But we are here, of course, with another issue, with another episode, another issue. And Dan, thank you for being back on Gigpod. You're very welcome, brother. It was a, a pleasure as always. Yep. So cheers to Dan, and he'll be back on the pod soon. You can get us on all the YouTube podcast platforms. Thanks to all our new subscribers on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Keep those subscriptions coming on both of those great sites. You can catch Stevie on Instagram at GigPod. I'll have my Rizzo selects for the Hibs game up there before kickoff on Wednesday. We'll be back after the Hibs game with a review of that another no doubt interesting night at Celtic Park. So, thanks everybody for listening. We'll speak to you all soon. Good luck to Celtic on Wednesday night and hail hail.
Sports Social Podcast Network.